I want you to turn to the book of Acts, uh, chapter number 9, and I want you to follow with me. And after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying away was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. And then the disciples took him by night and led him down by a wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, and Barnabas is the encourager, right? Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that how he had spoken to him and how his hand had boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. You see, when you get with your bunch, you'll stay with them. So he was staying with his crowd. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Caesarea had a port, and that's why they went there. But don't you know it's verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and were multiplied. This church was an evangelistic church all along, but it needed some help, and Paul came and gave it that help. And so today, I just want to run briefly uh, a few things by you from this text. First of all, I want you to notice their scheming plan. Satan always wants to shut up a prophet. Can I get an Amen. I believe that every town ought to have a John the Baptist and Elijah show up through it every now and then. And I believe that's what God sent me here to do, to be the one who cried out, the one who was loud, the one who, let, who cried out to the whole town. And, I, and, and folks were touched and moved and mad and glad and sad and all kinds of things. But we need John the Baptist Elijah to get us stirred up. And so he shows up, and the scripture says that as you, as you look at it, that the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. I'm sure he was waving at him as he went down the wall in a basket. And I hope it was a strong basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the church, but they wouldn't let him. <laughs> There's some folks you don't need in your church. And you need to be careful who you let in your church. And he said, we don't really know about this guy. He used to be killing us, and now he's saying he's one of us. So we have some real problems with that. And, and, and so uh, they had a real hard time accepting him. But the Bible said because of the spiritual gift that uh, uh, Barnabas had, he was able to 
able to encourage them to embrace him as the brethren. And then he went out in Jerusalem and began to preach the gospel boldly. I mean, he was crying aloud. He was preaching hard. He was telling the story unafraid. And then the Bible says when the brethren knew that they, the Bible says they went about to slay him in verse 29. When the brethren knew they brought him down to Caesarea, they sent him forth to Tarsus. So we see the scheming plan in verse 23 and 24. We see the slaying opportunity from verse 27 down through verse 29. And now we're going to see Saul's part in all of this. He said, well, surely he's going to go out and take them on and just preach the gospel and get thrown in jail again. He don't mind that. No, that's not what he does. When brethren, that's his brethren now, that's his brothers and sisters now, they knew they brought him down to Caesarea, about 30 miles. They took him, no doubt, at night and sent him forth to Tarsus. But look what happened when Paul left. There had been churches started all over Galilee. There had been churches started up and down the Jordan River. There had been churches started all, all, over, the, uh, all over the place because people had to walk, didn't have automobiles. And so they had churches that were, where they would preach the gospel and a bunch of folks would get saved and have a church. And so the Bible says in verse 31, and then had the churches rest. In other words, as long as John the Baptist, or as long as Paul was there, he was like John the Baptist. He was like Elijah. As long as they were alive, as long as they were present in the picture, when they were in the picture and they were doing the shouting, nobody had rest because they didn't know what they might say. They didn't cut any corners. They didn't shave any edges. They just throwed it to the point. I tell you, we've gotten over that. We don't want to hear it. But every now and then, God sends somebody through to do it. And the Bible says that they edified. That means they grew. They feared, feared the Lord. That means they had a obedient heart about them because they wanted to fear the Lord and the Holy Spirit comforted them. And then the Bible says, as a result, many people come to Jesus. So the results of this whole deal was, listen to this, folks. The results of Paul leaving town caused a bunch of people to get saved. Y'all hear that? That's what it says right here. You see, now those churches that had that evangelistic nature, now they would be out and they would be heard and they wasn't, wasn't as bold as Paul and wasn't as loud as Paul. And, and, and so now they could be heard at this place and that place and this place and that place. They couldn't openly uh, speak like we can today. So they had to pick their spots. And, and so now the Bible says everybody all the way up to Galilee and even up on the top of Samaria and the Judean hills, all of that, the Bible says, they were at. Rest. 
So sometimes God has a plan for people and then he moves them because it's the time to rest. I believe that according to verse number 23, that that's when Jesus taught the Apostle Paul those three years that he mentions in Galatians. Many days were fulfilled. Remember, he says in Galatians that Jesus himself taught him. I believe it happened right here. He shows back up, and when he shows back up, starts back up. Trouble starts again. You see, uh, there's just enough, there's a town can get just enough gospel. They need churches. They need people to take them and win and, 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 and get the corners of the harvest and win those in the corners of the field. And they need churches to build them up and edify them and teach them and grow them and help them walk with God and get the, get the ego uh, maniac out of their heads and, and teach them that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's to be lifted up every time we come to Hillcrest Baptist Church. But sometimes somebody has to go for that to happen. I find myself to be everywhere I've ever been in my ministry, and I never thought I'd be here this long. I thought somebody would have killed me by now. I'm a lightning rod. I'm unhealthy for the church. I'm, I'm the common denominator of most problems. At least people think that. I can still bark. And that's all Isaiah told to do was to bark. He said, you lazy dogs, get up and bark. I can still bark, but my bite ain't very tough anymore. And so you need somebody that not only can bark, but can bite. That won't put up with this and won't put up with that and will stand strong So please, I won't, I'm going to ask every one of you to please stay to the end of this service. Just, and if you'll just honor me with that, just give me that respect to stay to the end of this service. First of all, this church is where all of my God dreams came true. I saw this church years before I ever got here. God gave me a clear shot at what was going to happen and he showed I saw myself in dreams just walking back and forth on the old stage over in the old building I knew God was sending me somewhere but but it, I couldn't get the name of it he wouldn't let me in on that and then I wound up here at Hillcrest to which most people wouldn't take because they didn't need most people. They needed a John the Baptist. They needed somebody who would get in your face. They needed somebody who wasn't afraid of a committee and wasn't afraid of the WMU and wasn't afraid of, of, of somebody who had to gripe and wasn't afraid of a deacon. They needed somebody like that. They needed somebody to get them back in the King James Version Bible. They needed somebody to start preaching every Sunday with his heart pouring out. 
And I believe God put me there. Everything he promised me has come true. I found my list. It's just partial. It's just handwritten. I found most of it. And one of those was to build a new worship center that, and to see a 1,000 in attendance. And we've done that. Another one of my goals at that time was to, and that was in the 90s, was to have five to ten new Sunday school classes over the next two years, and we've done that. I also had a vision that, uh, and when I say a vision, I don't mean I saw it. I just, God put it in my heart uh, to add staff members to handle education administration, and we have done that. I asked God to give us a Wednesday night crowd that was bigger than 13. And I said, God, give us 300 adults on Wednesday night, and he's done that. I asked him to give us 200 in Awana, and he's done that. And so I asked him to have a hands-on mission project every year, and we've pretty much done that. There's been some battles against it, but we have. And then I asked God to give us a social area, area where our people could get together. Not just a gymnasium, which it would be a gymnasium, but it would have, it would be big enough to work and have classes and training sessions and things like that in there. And so those were the things that I asked God to do. And every one of them not only has been done, but every one of them has been paid for. So everything he promised me has come to fruition. All my God dreams have come true here. Many of you have been with us all the way. For 20 years, we were the best church, I believe, in Middle Tennessee. That's my opinion. If you don't like it, that's just my opinion. And it's my opinion because we got awards for having the growing Sunday school and for three years in the top 3% of all churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. Those kind of things is why I say that. And so for 20 years, we were the best in soul winning, Bible preaching, celebration, music, and unity love and in favor with God and man. We averaged, I asked God, back in that day, I said, God, would you let us baptize 100 people? I I, I had never, ever thought I'd ever baptize 100 people. But we've done that 10, 12, 14 years, 15 maybe, since we've been at Hillcrest. You say, where are all those people? Well, see, God sent me here to prick them, now it's your time to stick them and get them back, all right? Uh, They can't handle somebody who will get in your face. They say he's arrogant. They say all kinds of things, and and so they can't handle that. But I want to thank each one of you for holding hands and walking in victory. Without you, 
you and you. There's absolutely no way we would have survived. This church would have died and it would have closed. And so without you, God would have never raised this church up to be what he has. We've built five times. We've remodeled the whole church building. Some of you have given freely. Some of you have given generously to see us become the HBC that we want and the HBC of today, but yet still wanting the HBC of the future. I want you to understand today that when I offer my retirement, I am not being forced to do anything. Our deacon said that's between you and God and we'll support you whichever way you go. I'm not being forced out. Now listen, I can bark and can't bite much, but if somebody tries to force me out, I'm going to bite. I'll call them out in this service. I will. I'll call their names. I'm not being forced out. I'm not under any pressure to leave Hillcrest Baptist Church. Not anything at all. In fact, when somebody said, what's wrong with Hillcrest? I said, nothing. Everybody's in unity. Everybody's in, in the right. Everybody loves each other. Everybody stepped up. There's nothing wrong. All the leaders are in total unity. And so, I'm not being forced out. I'm not under pressure except the pressure from God. In fact, they, the deacons probably in the beginning wanted me to stay, but under the management um, and the decision-making and the disciplines that has to take place here at Hillcrest, I just cannot do that anymore. My memory is not good. When you put me under pressure, and I, won't, I don't want to embarrass God, I don't want to embarrass this church. The church has bought seven pieces of property. It's a beautiful campus. I think it's gorgeous in the back. Now, it all came again because you tithed. As a result of that, Hillcrest has become a beacon of light in darkness. This place who was full of prostitution and drug addicts, all kinds of criminal activity that was going on right where you sat. And God has helped us to stand up in the darkness and be the light and make a difference on this side of town. In fact, the crime has moved now to other places primarily, not that we don't have some bad things happen, don't misunderstand me, but the, uh, the worst of the crimes have moved to a different location. The church has been obedient 
to do the things that God told them to do. To buy that lamb was one of the smartest things that they, they could do because uh, they did not, they knew a road was coming through and sooner or later when the DOT decides to build it, it's been 14 years, but when they decide to build it, that's why that the back over here is built at an angle so we can bring our people off that road into this church. That's our, that was our only entrance until we bought this other piece of property. And now we'll have four entrances to Hillcrest Baptist Church. In fact, five because Hartsville Pike will come around and hit that road too. So we'll have five different entrances to the new Hartsville Pike if it ever develops. I, I want to I thank my doctor. She's going to kill me now because she's done everything in the world to keep me where I could just somehow get up here. So I thank God. I thank God for her. She's spastic. I think what my grandson has, Tyroma has. But she's been so good to me. She's kept me preaching. I'm going to thank those who drove for me where I could go preach at other places because I could not drive that distance and preach. Brother Randy, Brother Eugene, Brother Chris, they've driven for me so I could go and preach or sometimes for other reasons. We were, all, we were known all over as the most conservative, evangelistic, and celebrative church around and that's no lie. We were. I said were. Though it all, through all of that time when God was just, just doing things, we, it was just unbelievable here in our church. Through all of that time, we had troubles. Did you know that? But most of those was handled, and you never knew that we had troubles. You know why? Because you trusted your leadership. And they took care of it. As a result, God honored it. He blessed it. When the news in Nashville had a conservative issue, they didn't call a Nashville church because not too many of them down there's conservative. But they called us. They had a conservative issue to deal with. We've gotten the school stirred up and parents stirred up and now the whole county's upset about teaching Islam in our school and I praise God for that. But I'm not able to make the strong and wise decisions I've always made because of my health. I'm not going to try to describe what it takes sometimes for me to get up here and just preach it's 
I, I won't try to do that, but I've had pneumonia five times and discovered an autoimmune disease with three other diseases tagged to it. My short-term memory is not good. My balance is a little shaky. And this church deserves better than that. And I, in fact, now I guess I'm known as the Lone Ranger. But I have to wear a mask now all the time. They, don't, they say, here comes a preacher. He's, he, he's all wrapped up in a mask. You deserve better than that. And I gave better than that until it just got to where I just couldn't. White blood counted too. I just couldn't do it. So if I keep this up, and some have and others will take advantage of it. Remember this. Whenever anybody leaves, Paul called all of them together in Acts 20 and said, listen, because I'm leaving, there's some folks going to come in and take advantage of it. So you be aware. You be aware. But your deacons is some of the finest men you could have. They have been, and they are now. And Brother Chris and Brother Mike and Reba and Addison and Rachel, they will help you in any issue that comes in your department or your child's life that fits in one of those departments. And this is still a great church. But we've got to shake the dust off and go on, guys. Just shake the dust off. And go on. And I believe we can. Uh, we had, my wife also has had health problems, and that's been an issue. She's nearly died three times. I've nearly died three times. We're keeping score. <laughs> the girls are about to die because of it. But this great church will go on. I'll preach the next weeks to, well, or whatever December 31st is. I'll preach to December 31st here to fulfill my promise to the church when I began. And also, we're going to be pitching the ladies' ministry to the nominating committee. We will stay here as members as long as we're wanted. And when the next pastor comes, if he's not comfortable with me being here then I will not be here if he feels uncomfortable because I fully understand that. But when we leave this church, we're leaving with a good spirit. We're not mad at anybody. We have no, no unforgiveness in our heart. We have nothing against anybody here. When somebody talks to me about Hillcrest, it's good stuff that I tell them. So I want you all the time to know that we loved you and my wife and my family loved you. And our only reason for leaving is the word of God and the will of God and the peace of God. We will be blessed. I would be blessed 
Jesus would be blessed. This church would be blessed that over the next four weeks we fill this place up. If we can fill it up for four weeks, we can keep filling it up. But I'll be here. I know I'm a lame duck. But I ask you to commit to be here these next four weeks and tell others who are backslidden or hadn't cared didn't even care, ask them to come and at least respect and reverence this last and next month. It's difficult to ever know what I might say when I get up here because I slur my words when I get tired. I misread words and I look at my notes and I see one line and I start on another line and it don't make any sense and I have to try to cover that up and tie it together somehow. And I usually do. So I just, our deacons over the last five years have been awesome. They've worked hard, they've been creative. That's when the five years I've been sick, their thinking, their wisdom, their decisions were discussed and made. Brother Jim did more to get us going than we had for a while. And, and then Randy, the rookie, came on, and he served like a seasoned veteran. He's visited. He's sold win. He's tried to, he's tried to settle conflicts. He has been a Jesus-loving man of God. I've been with him in a lot of circumstances, and he lives for Jesus everywhere he goes. But over the years, we've had other deacons that you don't know and never will till you get to heaven. Deacons like Brother J.L. Taylor, deacons like Brother... Carl Spurlock, those kind of men who, who through the years have kept Hillcrest down the right road and stood for this church because they loved it. So we've had great deacons for many years, ever since I've been here, 28 years, and I can count on one hand even tense meetings. Lord, I don't think any pastor can say that. So you're, you're in good hands. We, want to, we wanted this to play out different. But I'm not able to help you progress. I can't work 14 hours a day, seven days a week like I did for years. I can't keep preaching, teaching, and reaching and then still do all of those things. So, I wish it had a play different. It didn't. It is all I can do sometimes to get through a Sunday, and sometimes I uh, have problems. And some days I do really well, don't have a problem at all. But troubles is always going to come, and trouble's going to come to you, and trouble comes to me. And I think that I will have all that load off of me that I'll be able to continue to heal 
um, and continue to bark. And I may not continue to bite, but I will shoot. <laughs> but I want you to understand this. Here at Crest Baptist Church will always be our church. As long as it follows the book, it'll be our church. Pat's health won't let her do all she's done in the past. But let me tell you what you've done. You've got two for the price of one. Because she's put in hours that you don't know about for nothing. So you got two for the price of one. For those of you who gripe that I made too much money, just say, hey, half of it was hers, all right? In fact, all of it was hers. But she's been faithful to you, and Hillcrest will always be her church. When you stay at a church 28 years in the middle of your life, it's just hard to get that church out of your heart. So God's going to take care of us, and God's going to take care of you. He always has. He always will. He's never let us down. We love every one of you. Nobody here but can clearly walk out of here with clean, pure hearts. That there's no unforgiveness or bitterness or anger or hatred. None of that. It's just a great love for the church we love. So... I've served the Lord 40 years now as a preacher. I'm a, I have never regretted it. I've regretted some decisions I made, but I've never regretted it. I've regretted some failures I've had, but I've never regretted being called as a preacher. God just goes on without me. When I leave, there'll be another one. When another one leaves, there'll be another one. When another one leaves, there'll be another one. We can't resurrect Paul to preach. So I'll always be around. The dog won't hurt you. I'll put him up. And if you need consultation, I didn't say counsel. Mm-mm. That's for the mic's going to get the counseling down. But if you need consultation on how to do anything or I can help in any way, I'll be glad to do that. And so we count it a great pleasure to give the best parts of our life to Hillcrest Baptist Church.